0: Happy Monday, my friends. This is Amy Lee San Juan, and I'd like to welcome you back to another super fantastic episode of Cisco Champion Radio. Today we're talking about business resiliency, quite the hot topic this year, but specifically looking at how Cisco is responding and adapting to some of the business disruptions we're all experiencing and really moving from efficiency to resiliency. And as always, to give you the goods, we have an amazing panel of experts and Cisco champions to guide this conversation and deliver what you want to know. All right, so we're going to get started with a round of introductions, and then we'll get into the good stuff. Okay, Brian, we'll start with you. Can you introduce yourself and what it is you do at Cisco?
1: First, thanks so much, Emily, for having me on Cisco Champions Radio, my first podcast here on Champions Radio. Excited to be part of it. My name is Brian Christensen. I'm a distinguished engineer within Cisco IT. So I'm part of our internal IT organization that runs our applications, data centers and networking, supporting Cisco's business.
0: Very nice. And I have to tell you, Distinguished Engineers are the cool kids at Cisco. So we're happy to have you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, enjoy, I enjoy being a Distinguished Engineer and playing with technology at Cisco. Thank you.
0: Sibren, <laughs> tell us about yourself.
2: So well, my name is uh, Siburin Bergerkamp. I'm founder of Three Corners, and we are located in the, in the Netherlands. And we specialized in, uh, in Cisco collaboration, and we uh, also assist in helping in as-a-service offerings for our partners. My, uh, my Twitter handle is at uh, Um So if you want any, any info about me, uh, try to find me on Twitter.
0: We'll find you. Brian, did you have a Twitter handle?
1: Sure. My Twitter handle is B R C H R I S T 2.
0: Very good. Mike, you're up next. Who are you?
3: Thank you, Amy Lee. Uh, my name is Michael Rhodes. I am the IT manager for a company called North American Hoganus, which is a Swedish company. It's an industrial manufacturer, and I am responsible for all things network and Cisco, which is great. Uh, my Twitter, ha- Twitter handle is at Cisco Mikey, C I S <laughs> C O M I K E Y.
0: Got a little jingle out of that. Okay, Brian. Uh, so I gave a quick intro on today's topic, but can you provide a bit more background and context? What are we talking about today specifically?
1: Yeah, so this has been, a, first place, this has been an exciting year, exciting year to be in IT as the way of working has changed dramatically for everyone around the world in the last one year. Um, today, we're going to be talking about business resiliency. Um, we're going to be talking about what we did, with what we did, what we're doing within Cisco operations. So, how are we supporting the seventy-five thousand employees, the additional fifty or sixty thousand contractors that are around the world that run Cisco business? Both, how have we enabled people to work, you know, from everywhere, work from home effectively and securely? What are we doing as we return to the office? Um, within the U.S., we're not returning to the office till June of next year, right? But we've actually returned to the office at a significant number of locations in the Asia Pac location, and we're also going to be talking: about What are we doing to return to the office safely? What's this new normal uh, look like? How are we integrating technology into the workplace to ensure we have a safe and productive? How we have a safe and productive workplace? That's what we're um, we're we're driving within Cisco IT, and I'll share the best practices that we've done within um, um, you know people working from home. I'll also share what we're what we're doing um, as we return to the office and what changes they have there. And of course, this involves dramatic networking changes that we've made within the environment as we've seen you know movement to to zero trust type technology is. We're using more and more cloud services, and people are connecting to those from their home networks, not the corporate environment.
3: Great. Well, I'm going to take it off with the first question, if that's all right. Um, I always like to learn best from kind of like a history lesson. So if you wouldn't mind, Brian, could you take us back to like, you know, you're working in Cisco IT, you're obviously handling massive number of employees, which is, you know, a huge undertaking to begin with, you know, deploying computers and people's endpoints and security, all that's already you know, constantly in play, but COVID hit. Take me back and tell me, what did Cisco do? How were you guys, were you blindsided? How were you prepared? What was your initial reaction? Give me that, like, that day one or day zero, you know, mindset, and what happened? How did you get people to go home so quickly and get them back connected and effectively, you know, obviously supporting other people, because every other customer under the sun was, like, also coming to you saying instantly, you know, we need help, so those engineers need to get deployed. Take me back to that. Can you go through that a little bit?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, first place this happened in the, the er, I mean the early March t- timeframe where we needed to do something about the pandemic. Uh, first one of our best practices we do have a formal business continuity program within Cisco, right? That's not just an IT across the pump p- company. And we wrote up plans, um, which helped us that we have plans written up, but of course no one had plans for exactly what was going to happen related to the pandemic and COVID-19 to do this. So in the, in the early March timeframe, um, we had, uh, one, Possible infection in one Cisco building, right? Right. It was actually you know, a family member of, of the person. We closed that building. Within two days later, um, bef- well before the state of California, this is in Silicon Valley, before the state of California mandated that we close, we completely closed uh, uh, Cisco facilities here in the U.S. and shortly thereafter um, around the whole world. The good news within Cisco is roughly 40% of our, our, our workforce uh, uh works a significant time remotely so we were prepared for people working remotely but what we weren't prepared for is a hundred percent of our workforce um working remotely and so forth so clearly we had to do some dive and catches to do to to handle these situations to do this as an example make sure we had enough vpn capacity everyone within cisco uses cisco any connect and/or extended networking capabilities, e.g., Meraki solutions or or Cisco um, ISR uh, eleven hundred solutions that they're using at their at their facilities. We had to expand that significantly, especially around some locations in the world that were a little more challenging than other locations. We had to help manage that capacity to do that. Uh, 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 we accomplished it. We've also did some things early on. We used to have all traffic head back to you know, the mothership, Cisco, right, and then go out to the internet to do that. But now um, we clearly see a lot of people using more and more traffic going to the internet. You know, that could be WebEx itself, right, what people are using on WebEx, or it could be other applications, Office 365, and so forth. We go, hey, how can we split tunnel of that traffic to drive that, right, to help lower some of our bandwidth requirements that we um, had to execute? But um, we did all this to do this. And we also had some unexpected um, um, things to do this, how people actually worked. I'll just be honest with you, when we first started this, we go, okay, we need to get people back to the office. This is not gonna work. People all can't work from home effectively full-time. We're not gonna be able to operate this company as effectively as we would have liked to. But I will say over the last, what, seven, eight months now, right, since this this, um, has started, we're very good at, at adapting, um, both adapting technology and then using technology more effectively. Simple example, what we wouldn't necessarily expect to see, of course, we expect to see more Webex traffic, which, which we saw within Cisco, um, roughly two and a half X more internal meetings, right? Um, the external Cisco, we saw up to three X, the amount of um, internal meetings that was expected. What we didn't expect is, Oh, we're gonna have two x the amount of files shared on on uh, on 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 uh, Webex itself, right? On Webex Teams, we're gonna have two and a half times the amount of instant messages, persistent messaging shared on Webex Teams, right? That was an interesting aspect that all of a sudden people that maybe talked in person. Now we're starting to use these other technologies to communicate. Um, that was unexpected. So. Uh, we did a lot of dive and catching for those first few weeks, to scale stuff. We did some unusual things, like we started all meetings at five minutes after the hour because what's the most busy time of WebEx? Of course, start top at the, of the hour. hour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Emily, <laughs> you got it. <laughs> so what do we do? Hey, well, let's start meetings at five minutes after the hour internally so we don't bog down WebEx and so forth to do that. So we did some int-
0: that's actually a best practice now in my team is that we, uh, at least my boss, Lauren, um, likes to start meetings at five minutes past the hour. And you know why? Because that gives you time to take bio breaks, go for- refill your cup of coffee before you hop into your next meeting. So we actually still use that to this day.
2: <laughs> and and it also saves Rebecca's resources. So it's a yeah, it's a <laughs> yeah. win-win. Yeah, win-win.
1: Oh, actually, that's that's excellent. I agree with that. And I, I, I go, that's one of the the more the, the larger challenges, right? Cisco has actually been nice to give us a few days off, right? Because uh, managing your mental stress uh, uh, during this time where you're all working from home is quite important, right? So yeah, take, take that time to go for a walk, get a cup of coffee or whatever. And Cisco has been generous for employees giving us um, a couple days above and beyond our normal time off to, to, to adjust to this. And I'll say a best practice that we've had internally, over-communicate, right? Our CEO, Chuck Robbins, has, has been on weekly calls with all employees, communicating everything that we know, sort of being very transparent, communicating, make sure we work um, as, a, as a company to evolve around this. We use Cisco IT technology to, to drive this broadcasting across the company. It's been, it's been great, the, the over-communication. So maybe a little longer answer than you asked for, Michael, but you know, to touch on what we did in the March timeframe.
3: Well, that's very effective. I mean, it's a good, good answer because, honestly, you need to cover all those points. I mean, you think about it, when you go to that remote, you have so many other avenues, right? It's not just VPN, right? You said WebEx, you said security, you know, there's all these things that are coming into play. And I really think that, you know, Cisco's approach, you know, you have to use your own tools. And you just mentioned such a smattering. It kind of attests that, you know, there's more than one way to get there, right? We don't all need a VPN connection, we might have a Z3 Meraki, we might have an ISR. So it's like, we're all getting the same, uh, you know, effective way of working with many different solutions. And that kind of shows that Cisco didn't say everyone's on any connect, you know, take it or leave it. Or now you're doing the split tunneling. And I think uh, let's talk about cloud maybe, but uh, you know, what do you think as far as being resilient goes, how do you think cloud came into play?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so cloud, so I'll, I'll describe a few things related to cloud right first place security related to the cloud we're moving more and more to protecting our users via umbrella our umbrella is cisco's cloud sig right so we go hey we got users at home users at home uh, not connecting to vpn right right our really long term goal right within cisco it is how do we move to a, tr- a zero trust model how can we use a cloud sig right we adopted umbrella for all our users right right to do that including on their personal devices right like my iPhone here, right? To do that, that cloud sig, I'm adopting that. Next, right? We used to see, where did all our traffic go? All our traffic went back to our data centers, right? We built these cool data centers within Cisco that helped run some of Cisco external business and Cisco internal business. But what's happening today? Hey, everyone's going to WebEx, everyone's going to Office 365, Salesforce, you name it, right? To do that, that's where the traffic is going. Hey, we don't want that traffic going back to Cisco. So we've been deploying technology like SD-WAN technology, right, within the Cisco routers, Meraki routers and Cisco routers that sit in people's houses. Hey, let's have that go directly there. It actually helps the user experience, right? You get better experience on WebEx for audio and video quality if you use the native internet, not having to route traffic back to headquarters and then out to WebEx to do that. Um, We've seen that exact same thing on all these other applications. So all of a sudden, we use this this you know SD WAN technology and or split tunneling technology that we've configured on our VPN technology. We no longer need to to to, to pay for this stuff right now. With that, what did we experience was people using their home networks security right. We directly saw via the data that we have right that we're getting three x the amount of malware um, attempted to be installed on people's devices than what we saw in the corporate network. So the corporate network was blocking a lot of traffic, right, via Cisco, ESA, WSA, et cetera, right, right uh, Firepower. Uh, 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 what we saw in the home networks is that, hey, that traffic was was getting getting to people's email or, or web browsers or so forth. Um, but, we, but we experienced a lot more traffic than we had to block, right, at the home user. So how do you protect all these home users was quite important.
2: You mentioned that security is one of the key things you you need to figure out uh, and to adapt uh, uh, when users are working from home. You mentioned home users uh, uh, create, uh, had a tremendous amount of additional malware. Was that also on uh, devices provided by Cisco, or did users also allow to use their own uh, devices?
1: So within Cisco, we have a mixed-mode environment, right? So. Uh, uh, we provide the users um, um, one device—an Apple device, uh, a PC device, or a, a Surface device—to do that, and Cisco provides that to them. It's all provisioned when they get there, so we don't pre-provision everything to the device. You know, it's it's provisioned as as the user gets to the device. There's been a few changes we we did there because that provisioning used to have to occur on a Cisco network, and now, of course. Uh, uh, we're shipping devices to users' houses, which was not part of our policy before this. We'd only do that within our facilities um, to be able to, to to enable cloud-centric provisioning. But we do that on the users' personal devices, right? On the users' personal devices, um, we do allow those to be used for business purposes, but they have to onboard their devices, right? I described before we started this call. I just got my new iPhone yesterday, right? And I provisioned it last night myself, <laughs> right? Right? Uh, 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 to the environment. If we, if the users decide to use their device for Cisco purposes, which most people do, right? Why do you want to go into a clunky application to do your expense report or submit your PTO or everything else you do? You don't want to go into a, a, a clunky. You know, web based application when you have all these great mobile applications. Um, 95% of our workforce um, onboards their mobile device. If they onboard their mobile devices, right, then they get the Cisco security stack on their mobile devices to do that, which would include, you know, any connect with a umbrella connector uh, uh, on certain devices, would include a AMP for endpoints. We've rolled out the Meraki MDM technology, EMM also on all the devices, right, to do that. So now all of a sudden, you know, my new iPhone uh, 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 that I've onboarded to, I have all the Cisco apps on my, on my iPhone, um, but my iPhone is also protected and, you know, has a, a degree of management on top of that, right, uh, so that if I lose my iPhone and so forth, right, um, um, the, the device is appropriately um, protected which is important as we see more and more BYOD um, activities happening across enterprise.
3: What's your concern with passwords these days?
1: Okay, good, good. So our move all to, to, our move, directional move for the last five years has been to to zero trust. Zero trust, what you have, what you know, Right, right? So maybe you have a password, are not what you know is a password, what you have will be some form of token. Of course, everyone has mobile phones, so tokens can be stored on mobile phones and so forth to do this, right? We deployed two-factor authentication across Cisco, right? The good news is Cisco bought this company called Duo about two years ago. Usually we use all the technology we acquire before we acquire it, but unfortunately we did not, right? But now we deployed Duo uh, for two-factor authentication for everything, right, to, to drive that. And what we just have done literally in the last week is Duo has a solution called Duo Transparent Network Gateway, right? On the Duo Transparent Network Gateway, we're now enabling people at home if they have a secure device, right? So Duo has a way to say, hey, is your device uh, properly, you know, is it a good device, is it a secure device, right? To do that, we're enabling a variety of corporate applications to be connected to via Duo, without passwords, right? Right. So you'll need one-time dual authentication, but all of a sudden now we have all these corporate applications, right? And our first phase is not, you know, Cisco financial data, right? It's simple applications like um, our directory application to, to view employees and so forth has been enabled um, um, on devices using the dual um, transparent network gateway. You know, longer term, right? What is longer term equal? I don't know, two, three, four years. Right. Our goal would be, you know, not to have to use the VPN to do everything via a zero trust model, but we're taking a phased approach to get there within IT. And our focus is to make sure we deploy, you know, Cisco technology and what we call customer zero, right? Deploy it before our customers deploy it to help evolve the the solutions that we have.
3: That's pretty impressive. If you think about it. I mean, all these years, you know, password complexity, security, and MFA came in years ago, and now you're talking about literally removing that that baseline, right? We, I don't think we ever thought we'd get to the point where we could have that technology duos brought to forego the password. You're like, you know what? We don't even need that part now. We, you know, they made it so secure where it was like, okay, you have two parts: password, and then the uh, secondary authentication. Now it's like, nope, we got this. We can just go ahead and proceed without a password. And I mean. Obviously, people are at home now, so they're kind of bringing that demand of saying, "Man, I don't need one more headache or one more thing to remember." So it's it is nice to see that you're testing it internally to say, "Forgo the password. We have this secure. We have this. You know, we know what we're doing moving forward with it." That's kind of a nice, uh, you know, one less thing to deal with at home.
1: I've never once had a user say, oh, "Wow, thank you so much for giving me this two-factor authentication." And <laughs> <laughs> we, we used to, we used, we talked in the beginning, "Hey, let's join meetings. Let's start meetings five minutes late." It used to be, "Hey, you had to join meeting five minutes early to make sure you get through all the authentication issues, right?" That's true. But, 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 not, not anymore, right? So now, hey, you can make sure your device. If you know if it's a known device, hey, let's just connect without a password, right? Um, and that's 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 pretty pretty cool to move to that to that. That mechanism but also a pretty big change of going hey now now we need to know about the devices that are connecting and long as is this a device that we know about then we feel good but of course that happens one time right the one time I got my new iPhone yesterday right now now Cisco knows about my device and my device is considered you know a, a good device right and then it allows in and of course that can change right so if hey all of a sudden there's security flaws and I haven't upgraded my iOS They'll say, hey, you need to upgrade to a new iOS or whatever the appropriate security changes are, right, to adapt as as we see the changing environment.
3: So to change gears a little bit, you know, the U.S. has been very successful in getting you guys to work from home or Cisco in general. What about the places that are maybe not as uh, connected, you know, places that are contact centers that might have limited technology, limited connectivity, how is Cisco approaching that? I mean, I also, my, my own work, we have remote sites uh, like India, Brazil, where uh, connections aren't as good. How did you take those, those larger maybe data centers, I'm not sure where all Cisco call centers are at, but how did you as an IT professional enable that to happen and still give good connectivity, good uh, voice quality, those things that really come into, into play, how did you do that?
1: Yeah, yeah, good question. So, so first place, yes, Cisco has contact centers um, around the world, both like probably people listening to this, will have our tech call centers that exist in a variety of, variety of locations around the world, right? And then we also have a variety of other customer service, logistics, internal call centers, many of which may be in locations like the Philippines or India or Costa Rica or so forth. Why, to your point, uh, uh, networking is not as reliable. Um, also, one of our big challenges was... Hey, everyone that worked at Cisco, we go. Hey, we know you have a computer. You should have broadband. I mean, should have. Of course, everyone at Cisco should have broadband. Any Cisco employees listening to this they don't have broadband? Let me know. <laughs> All right. Uh, 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 to do that. But hey, those contact center users that we had in the Philippines, did they have broadband? Did they have a home computer? No. Right. They went to the to the call center, and that's where they got their network access. They had a computer or a You know a a terminal right connected to a virtual desktop right that that is what they'd use at that contact center all of a sudden they had to go home we had to do a a a variety of changes to do that first place we had to more extensively roll out vdi technology um to to accomplish that uh uh to be successful um of course we rolled out you know you know using various technology to accomplish that make sure we had you know, the appropriate newer codecs and so forth to, to have audio be, um, better in bad situations. I'm actually excited that Webex continues to add more and more features, right? Including new codecs that has enabled better experience under bad video, right? That audio still works good. That was, that was a a big feature, but this is, this is this technology of rolling out VDI Um, Rolling out more of the collaboration technology to our contact center workers has allowed us to move our contact centers from previously being many of which were 100% physical only. You had to be in the office to now um, distributed. We've helped um, enable this transition. That was the biggest challenge that we'll say we had early Mm on. Cool. That's impressive.
2: Yeah, it is. we 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 now discussed from moving from the office uh, uh to to the home office and work from there. But I hope in the nearby future we we are allowed to go back to the office again, and and go into more in a hybrid working mode. How how are your thoughts about it? How, how how are you within Cisco are are helping that that hybrid mode of working?
1: Yeah yeah. So so return to office is definitely on the top of our mind. First place I'll just say. Uh, uh, offices are changing permanently right as because of this right we expect you know you know this hybrid working of people working in the office people working from home um to continue and continue at an accelerated rate right and cisco's done some optimization of our footprint right to to lower the amount of offices and so forth that we've had um that we expect to see this change continue even even once we all get vaccines and, and post COVID. So we have a four phase approach on return to the office, right? Right. And US we're at phase phase one, which means only essential personnel need to come in. You know, if you have to come in to fit, you know, rack something in a data center or so forth, you're allowed to come in, which is about two and a half percent of our workforce. But we also have a large percentage of our, our workforce in Asia packed locations like China, Japan, Singapore, Australia that have very little COVID rates right now. Right, that we've enabled up to half our employees to come back to the office, but come back to the office um, securely. It's extremely important as we come back to the office securely. We want to actually go, hey, if we say, hey, half our people can come in. If we say, hey, only two people can be in a conference room at a time, right, to do that. Um, um, If we encourage people not to be touching things, you know, touching their iPhone to, to do things, we encourage that. Uh, we're also going, hey, how do we have technology to go, hey, we trust, but verify, right? So let's verify that, hey, that conference rooms only have two people, right? So we're using technology to do that, right? The, the facial detection, you know, that's viewable via WebEx Control Hub to, to tell us that. We're now also going, hey, how do we, you know, you know IoT technology within the workspace, how do we optimize our workspace? Right. To do that, we put a big effort to create cool workplaces within Cisco. We transformed our whole workplace with technology and physical workplace. Right, It's been quite exciting for the last five years, all this work we did to, to redo our entire campus in San Jose and other locations around the world. Of course, now it's not being used Right to do that. But as we come back to the office, we go, hey, how can we use this IoT technology? Example now, uh, uh, Cisco has technology called DNA Spaces. We're using DNA Spaces within the cloud, within Cisco, in these locations that we came back in. DNA Spaces is able to take Wi-Fi location data, right, right, or BLE vacant data, location data, and go, hey, how many people do we have in the building, right? How many people do we have in these spaces? Do we have hot zone areas and so forth? So we've used that technology. Also, it can import cameras. We've been deploying Meraki cameras in our facilities, right, mostly. For security-related issues, how can we do recording and so forth, right, to do that? So that was our main use case was security uh, uh, to that. But now we're using those same cameras to go, hey, let's import that camera data into DNA spaces. And let's measure, based on cameras, right, how many people are coming in and out of the building. So we can go, hey, if we allow 20% of the people in the building, which is phase two for us, are they coming in that was... That was that was pretty cool with the with the DNA spaces. So and Sebring, I'm guessing you want to talk about collaboration too.
2: <laughs> well, you mentioned face recognition and um, and 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 detecting uh, uh, people in in spaces or through face or through just counting the number of devices or. Um, that because that, that's one of the main concerns, not, not too many people at the same place or in the same room. Uh, can, you, can you elaborate a little bit more on that, how well Cisco is doing that?
1: Right. So, so, first place, you know, we love using the wallpaper on, on all our WebEx room devices that we have across Cisco, right? So within Cisco, we became a video-based company internally, not just a company that sells this technology. Right, right. We deployed video pervasively in all our conference rooms. We got rid of the speaker phones and other stuff. One cool thing I actually did six, seven years ago, right. As we were deploying this technology, we used to, in our conference rooms, have a phone and we'd have a video unit and we'd have maybe a speaker phone on the table. Right. As we redid our space, we go, Hey, we're only going to put one unit, one Cisco, you know, at the time was MX now room, right. Room or room kit, right. Per, per room to do this when we deployed this I got a lot of complaints right and complaints in certain locations that I couldn't ignore right right not that I'd ever ignore anything in IT every user's number one priority right but 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 and they were going where's my speaker phone I can't make a phone call where's my phone right right and what did we do to solve that problem right we didn't install a speakerphone right which is probably how we traditionally did things Right. We didn't attach 10 pages of instructions to that phone. Go here. So you make a call. We put on the wallpaper. Hey, I am a phone. I can make a phone call to exactly what we put on the screen. Right. Right. All of a sudden people go, oh, I can use that phone and make a phone call. Oh, and by the way, the the Yeah, exactly. And by the way, the audio quality is better. Right. And oh, by the way, oh, you can call some and if you're calling if you want to call someone that also has a has a, a room or room kit one to one call. You can make a video based call and it's all easy within within a matter of months. Everyone goes, wow, this works so great. Right. Right. Um, I can use this technology now we're using that same wallpaper. Right. Right. We used to do this custom within Cisco. Now Cisco added this functionality directly in control Hub right for the cloud managed devices. We're putting on this on the wallpaper itself best practices only two people in a conference room hey you know you know we got this you know touch 10 and now we're saying don't touch the touch 10 <laughs> right in the in the conference in the kind of shared facilities hey use your phone you can use your phone or you can use your voice now right with WebEx assistant right hey you know you know let's not touch things that other people are gonna gonna touch that's pretty cool and uh, now via control hub right uh, it can directly detect people right so we can go oh our rules said only two people right and all of a sudden we saw three people in a conference room that we said hey due to social distancing we want only two people then we then we need to do something to to prevent that behavior in the future which is which is pretty cool all this new advanced technology that's becoming with facial recognition
2: yeah that's that's really cool because you can even tell the, the participants in a, in a meeting room, if for example, if there are too many people, you can even uh, allow them to redirect to another room, which has more capacity.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I'm really excited. We're just uh, starting this, right? Cisco has a new product, right, called WebEx Room Navigator, right? Really cool, right? We used to actually use an external product, not a Cisco product, right? It was outside Cisco Rooms. and said hey is the room available is the room not available who has the room um and and so forth to do that Cisco has a new product called webex room navigator right on the screen itself it'll throw red or green right it actually enables voice you can do voice too and so forth so what what is one of the things we're a little concerned about right hey we have a conference room right that has people in it we don't want other people walking into that conference room thinking it's available all of a sudden now with webex room navigator right we'll have clearly visible as a room used or not used. And most importantly, it's all audio. You know, it can be um, both controlled via WebEx assistant in the room or the device itself. Hey, let's make sure when people use conference rooms, you know, they actually reserve them. Right. And they can reserve them on the spot. So not have to reserve them in, in advance. That's sort of uh, uh, another part of our smart spaces stuff that we're rolling out within Cisco. Right to um, to enable more efficient use of our space.
3: I am very excited to get my hands on a navigator. I don't know when that's uh, skew that's orderable, but I know I also been using room, uh, room managers for a long time, and I just think that will play really well into like that whole continuity thing, where you can tell roll into DNA spaces, see that four people were invited to this meeting and that room should only have two people. So, you know, it could throw up flags and roll out into signage and other ways it integrates. I think it's a really cool uh, technology and I'm excited personally just to play with it. I want to see how it feels, see how it looks, put it on the wall, you know, the whole bit. So I'm very excited for that product.
1: Fantastic. And I, I think I should also talk a little bit about what are we doing to extend network to people's houses. Okay. So we already said, Hey, people have VPN. They can use VPN where they need to more and more. They don't need to use VPN. Right? But we also want to extend the Cisco network to people's houses directly Right, to do that. So um, we've been rolling out this technology actually for a long time, but now rolling it out more extensively. We're rolling out either a Meraki device, Meraki Z-series or Meraki MX-series device to people's houses and or a Cisco ISR, now running Cisco SD-WAN code, right directly. So people can have the corporate network rolled out directly directly into their into their home network, right? So they have the, the ability to just by connecting to a different you know SSID, uh, uh, connect directly into the corporate network. that makes it very, very transparent. That was that's been pretty cool to do that. We've also been rolling out uh, a, a lot of collaboration uh, uh, technology directly to people's houses also to do that. So um, a few years ago, we rolled out Cisco DX80s to almost all our field employees. I was responsible to, to roll out that program. It was pretty exciting. We rolled out 24,000 DX80s to people's houses. Of course, you know, technology changes, right? And now Cisco has this cool technology called WebEx Desktop Pro, Right. I'm still waiting for my WebEx desktop pro, but you know, too many people are ordering them apparently. So I'm low on the totem pole to get mine right Uh, uh, to that. But, but, uh, it's a complete touchscreen device. That's like your personal telepresence unit at home, uh, um, to drive that. We've also been rolling those out to people at their houses so they can have a, a better, better video experience if they choose as compared to what they would get on their, on their personal devices. What we saw in the corporate world, in the office world, 82% of our video calls were done on hard devices, right? Right. You know, Cisco room, room kits, or even Cisco phones, right. To do that, right. Um, obviously at people's houses, most of the video is being done via software based video on WebEx or so forth, right. WebEx teams, uh, uh, to do that. Right. But we also see, uh, uh, some people wanting this better experience to, to do that, so we're rolling out these WebEx desktop pros. Um. Um. As as they're available internally for us to distribute those.
3: Amy Lee, how are you loving your WebEx?
0: That's a great question. I don't have one yet, but I'm thinking Brian can help me get one someday. <laughs> <laughs> how could I be one of those people?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm working. It's all on about it. who I'm you work- know. I'm, wor- I'm working on it exactly.
2: <laughs> when, when when we talk about. Um, uh, the Webex devices. Uh, we, and then you also see a tremendous uh, additional load on the Webex platform. Uh, how did Cisco deal with that? Uh, for example, all only their own, uh, all their own uh, employees are starting more and more working on uh, on on Webex, but also the entire world uh, had a tremendous uh, usage of of Webex. How how did the expand of the of the of the services go? Yeah.
1: So the the first few weeks was exciting, right? interesting whatever phrase you want to use is all of a sudden 3x the amount of demand on webex literally in in a, in a matter of weeks or week in the march time frame on top there right so really you know we had to have you know we had extra capacity but we had to have all hands on deck webex is is run in in both you know colo data center locations and public cloud To do that, within Cisco IT, we don't run the WebEx platform itself. It's a WebEx group that runs the the WebEx platform. But we literally provided them 2,000 or 3,000 servers from Cisco IT. So they built up significant new infrastructure to scale WebEx um, in days, right, to do that, right? We took uh, infrastructure from Cisco IT. We took physical data center space that WebEx used from the we have a we have a pair of data centers in Texas that 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 run many services within Cisco. Right. Once we do this, COVID, I'd love for anyone who wants to see the data centers, just give me a, give me a, give me a ping, right to 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 do that. But we allocated about three thousand servers that used to be in Cisco development or engineering development operations and so forth. We provided those to Webex. We rapidly expanded the infrastructure of Webex, right, to to support the the massive growth. So that, you know, by the April timeframe, Webex was able to support the additional customer growth that we needed to have. And we already touched on stuff we did internally because we're one of the largest Webex customers within Cisco, right? Cisco lives and dies on Webex meetings. We love Webex meetings, right? So we, we changed to the five minutes after that I touched on earlier also to go, hey, how do we, we never said don't use Webex within Cisco. We wanted everyone to use Webex within Cisco. Right, but we go, hey, how do we lower the, the utilization on those peak times?
3: That's impressive. That's that's kind of a, a testament to Cisco to say, you know, when they literally meant all hands on deck, you unracked, restacked, you know, wiped and that's a that's a that's no small task. I mean, to talk talk about giving going to a dev group and say, Hey guys, that hundred servers you were playing with, they're not ours you know, they're not yours, you're gonna go right into the WebEx thing and everyone kinda hopped to. That's really cool that they did that and so quickly too.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was good. We were all hands on deck to do that, right? This is a once-in-a-lifetime type thing. So, How big yep. is your team?
3: I'm just curious. How big, you know, within Cisco IT? So
1: Cisco IT is about 2,400 employees, right, that supports our 75,000-person uh, company. Uh, uh, people that manage our internal network is about, you know, 80 to 100 people that support our network which, by the way, is all supported on a global basis. So that doesn't mean 80 people in San Jose. That means 80 people around the world supporting, you know, campus, WAN, LAN, remote access, data center, uh, networks, right, to do that. I used to always talk about, you know, uh, know, John Chambers, our previous CEO, said the only organization that has an unlimited budget within Cisco is Cisco IT, right? So we're gonna invest all our money in (laughs) IT. But then he gradually goes, but then our budget kept going down. I'm like, well, we don't have an unlimited budget. But then he then, <laughs> then he goes, But well, you guys are so efficient. <laughs> you yeah yeah, so, yeah, 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 so, yourself uh, out. yeah, yeah. So our goal across the board is, hey, you know, we want, we we do not want to. We do deploy our technology early on, but it has to have business outcomes. We're not gonna deploy technology for technology's sake right to do that so as we deploy this new technology let's just say like sdwan technology which is enabling all this split tunneling and so forth hey how do we how do we move to direct internet access right so we can save money how do we move to split tunneling so we don't need to pay for internet transit costs to save money right how can now what we're just thinking about how do we move to 5g as a backup option to go hey we can save money so, so we want to make sure that we accomplish business outcomes with technology, operational cost savings, security improvements, user experience benefits, right, as, as part of um, um, deploying new technology within our environment. Okay, looks like Emily wants us to, to have one more question. Any final questions from you guys?
2: <laughs>
3: um, I mean, I'm going to so say we talked about the past, talked about the present. Let's, let's shoot in the future. We're all back to work. What you know, new leaps and bounds? do You think Cisco might work on next internally? You know, do you think there's anything cool coming out that might be worth mentioning, or maybe just your vision of how you think we'll say 2021 and beyond looks like it internal Cisco resiliency
1: wise? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, well, I just describe a lot of the traditional mechanisms that we've used to manage our networking are changing fairly dramatically right to do that right um, um such as we've used vlans forever right how are we segmenting our environment um, more effectively right for example within our campus networks or branch networks how do we you know we're getting more and more and more iot devices right right in the big ransomware attack we had a uh, iot devices right within our environment that asked to put put they ask for bitcoins to unlock the devices, right? Because the digital, the digital refrigerator got, got impacted because it was running a Microsoft, Microsoft tablet. Hey, we don't, we don't want that to be on the same logical network that all our devices. So we're going. Hey, how do we, how do we um, segment our network more effectively, right? L- using technology like software-defined access uh, 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 to do that. How do we drive more programmability within our environment? to do that so we can uh, 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 move away from controlling stuff on CLI, move stuff to programmable um, um, infrastructure to do that, right? Uh, how do we start to have more intelligence, you know, AI operations so we can detect problems um, and solve problems within our environment? This whole software defined networking space that we've been talking about for the last seven, eight, nine years um, is, is making big strides within our internal environment. And we're moving um, more and more to that type of approach and also integrating uh, security more tightly. Security is not an overlay. Security is something that needs to be tightly integrated to all these solutions. So we're deploying technology such as that, right? To do that, of course, embedding IoT, making the, the workplace somewhere that we want people to go to, right? It used to be, hey, you wanted to work from home because it was more cool working from home than working from the office, right? Now we have to work from home, but, hey, this is going to be a new world when we come back, right? And we want, we're want we going to want people to come to the office, right? The office is the campfire of the organization. That's where you come to talk to people and learn stuff, right? I've been at Cisco since 1994, since Cisco had one single product, right, to today, right? Uh, we want people to come and learn stuff from you know the elders like me. I don't want to call myself an elder, but I'm the elder, <laughs> right? So, but now we're going to have to you know make give it a reason for people to come back. So we're going to have to make it a, a cool, fun uh, place for people to to come back, and not just a cubicle for people to go to, right? We want to make it fun, right? And and IoT and so forth will 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 um, add more cool aspects to our environment
0: and espresso machines yes i i implore the elders equip <laughs> each building with with an espresso machine and we will come
1: <laughs> i'm 100% on your on your i want to bring it up <laughs> that, that's managed that's not managed by it that's managed by facilities but we work very closely with facilities <laughs> but If you
3: put an ethernet port in it then it is your problem so maybe maybe you get one of smart espressos it could become your your that realm
1: would, that would be fantastic
2: yeah excellent
0: all right guys well no surprise, this has been another great episode of Cisco Champion Radio. I want to thank all of you out there for listening in today. And a special thank you to our guest and our Cisco Champion host for being a part of today's episode. If you want to learn more about today's topic, just click on the link provided in the podcast description below. And just a reminder, you can subscribe to Cisco Champion Radio on your favorite streaming platform and receive alerts in our latest releases. So wherever you're listening to us, make sure to hit that subscribe or follow button now. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. We'll see you next Monday.